and welcome back. Uh, it is me, Tyler Kastner. I took a brief mental health retreat and break, but I am back here with the boys. Well, just the boy today. We got Stevan Smith in the booth. What's up? Where's my mental health break? You know, I'm on here. I'm on here every week. You know, but I'm, well, I'm, I'm trust not, me, my friend. You need one. You need. Yeah, one. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not begrudging. I'm not begrudging you or anything. I'm just yeah. No, no, totally. Uh, JP is off this week, uh, scheduling conflicts. So we'll hope to have all three of us back on the next episode. Um, so yeah, how, how, how's it been down holding down the fort for me? It's been pretty good. Um, there have definitely been less corny jokes. There have I, been, I knew you were going with that. <laughs> there have been, um, there has been significantly less, uh, double speak. So, uh, yeah, like it was, it was pretty good without you, but we're glad to have our host back. Sounds far less entertaining. So here we go. We're back. Um, so we're going to react, first of all, to um, we were recording this Saturday before. What week are we on? 12, 13? 11. 11. We're recording before week 11 on Sunday. Of course, Thursday night football has already happened. So first thing we have to talk about is reacting to the AFC North and the atrocities that they have faced. Um, this is This has been such a anemic experience between the AFC North has four teams that I think before last week, well, the Bengals were actually out, but there you have four teams that legitimately could make the playoffs. All four of those could, because you expected the Bengals could get on a run. Um, and then you have the Browns who beat the 49ers, but then lose the next, you know, lose a game that they should win. And, and then you got the, you know the Bengals giving up games to CJ Stroud you got and then you got the Steelers getting it done Kenny Pickett has less touchdowns than like CJ Stroud right now I think that was a stat CJ Stroud in his yeah. half a season has more touchdowns than Kenny Pickett in one and a half seasons so but but damn it the Steelers are getting it done and then uh, and, and oh yeah the Ravens who are actually leading that division it has been incredible um but of course, on Thursday night, Joe Burrow, season-ending injury. Mark uh, Andrews, season-ending injury. Uh, Joe Burrow was my fantasy quarterback, um, so that that hurt a lot. Um, JP had Mark Andrews, so he is feeling that. And uh, I just feel for these guys, especially Joe Burrow. I mean, this is his second season-ending injury going back to his rookie year. Um, so he, he's been going through it. And, um, and now, all of a sudden, we're... Oh, and then not to mention Deshaun Watson over the week got announced with a season-ending injury. So two of the starting franchise quarterbacks out. Uh, the best pass catcher for the Ravens out. Not to mention they already lost J.K. Dobbins. Not to mention the Browns already lost Nick Chubb. And the Steelers just haven't had any issues. So what is going on with the AFC North? Well, they're an infirmary, you know, uh, the AFC North is now a hospital and it's, somebody has to win the division. I do think Baltimore is still the most complete team out of the, out of the bunch. Even if those guys didn't get hurt, I think Baltimore would be the most complete team, but just a brief commentary on the Joe Burrow injury. It's like, you know, I'm, I'm born and raised in Cincinnati. I have plenty of family and friends who are Bengals fans and I root for the Bengals. Like I want them to do well uh, all, all the time. Like I watch every pretty much every Bengals game. It was just the the sadness was just palpable when that news mm -hmm. came out. It was just, oh my God. And it wasn't it it was like a freak injury. You know, when it's kind of like when a basketball player, you know, breaks a finger. Or like, mm -hmm. you know, something like that. It's like you can't really control that or anything like that. It just kind of happens and then you're out for like, you know, several months. 
So mm-hmm. it's just one of those, like, he'll bounce back from it, obviously. Like, it's just, just a, like, what was it? Like, an elbow? Was it? Like, no, it was, it was his wrist. Was wrist, his. yeah. So, yeah, he'll, he'll be fine. He'll be he'll be fine, like, going forward. But will the Bengals it's a throwing be fine? Wrist, though. It's a throwing wrist. I know, but, like, he has a full season and off season to, like, get mm-hmm. and everything like that. So he'll, he'll, be, he'll personally be fine. I don't see this being a long-term problem. But in terms of the Bengals, you know, like, you know, T. Higgins is up for a contract and, you know, they just paid Joe Burrow all that money. Maybe T. Higgins doesn't come back. Maybe if they struggle down the stretch, you know, without Joe Burrow, maybe the coach isn't, you know, there anymore. Like the Bengals have a lot more questions than answers right now. And, you know, Jake Browning looked okay, you know, at times in that in that game, albeit it was garbage time mostly because, you know, the Ravens went up, you know, I think 27 to 10 and it was pretty much over from that point. But, uh, but yeah, you know, it sucks that the Bengals were just starting to get right. They were just starting to get their stride again. And then they yeah. lost their franchise quarterback. The Browns are a little bit more interesting because like, it seems like they've been able to win despite the pieces missing. So like, you know, mm. Chubb, Chubb's missing. Oh, we got Jerome Ford. Now we got, we bring Kareem Hunt back. We got it. We're good. And then now Deshaun Watson goes down. So honestly, I think the Browns will still make the playoffs. I really do. I think that, yeah, you know, yeah. th- th- they obviously have a system that works. You know, P.J. Walker was able to beat, you know, San Francisco. And, you know, San Francisco had like a really stout defense or whatever. Maybe they and, you know, they got Amari Cooper. They got Kareem Hunt and Jerome Ford. They got uh, Elijah Moore had more of a connection with Deshaun Watson, but they got Njoku, you know, like they, they have pieces that will work. And I think that, you know, I, w- I would count the Bengals out because obviously the, the you know, Joe Burrow is pretty much their whole team, but and they were already out of the playoff. Picture. And they were already and they were already struggling. And then they took because, another and, loss. And, and yeah. it's not not a coincidence that like they struggled out of the gate because Joe Burrow was hurt. Mm-hmm. So like you know, as soon as he got right, they got right. So like they're done. But like I don't think the Browns were done. But one thing I will say is don't count out the Steelers, man. I mean, like ju- it's not just because they're the most healthy right now. It's also that like you know all Mike Tomlin does is win. He's a wizard, uh, all, and all <laughs> Kenny Pickett does is win too. I mean, like we have to at a certain yeah. point. We have to give him credit for winning a lot of these games. I think he has six game-winning drives in the fourth quarter and overtime in his like eighteen starts. Like we've never like that's that like Joe Montana didn't even have that. Yeah, I'm not I saying think he's, that like he's like six like and zero in his last six uh, primetime starts. Too, exa- or exactly. Like, that. like he, he it doesn't look pretty. He'll do some things that make you like question his competency. Frankly, you know, as a as an NFL <laughs> his quarterback. No, I'm serious. I'm serious. Like yeah. some of the no, some yeah. of the decisions he makes are, are ridiculously bad. But at the same time, like, he'll make a big play to Pickens and then all of a sudden they're up and the defense holds and they win. So, like, you know, that, that's, that's kind of who he is. And it's only his second year, so he's got plenty of time to sort of get better and to learn from, like, this stuff or whatever. So I wouldn't count this. Obviously, the Ravens are leading the division. I think they will win the division. But I wouldn't be surprised if the Steelers ended up taking it because the Ravens, Mark Andrews is going to be a much bigger hit than people like even when Andrews isn't getting the ball, he takes up the middle of the field so Zay Flowers can go outside and like the running game works and all. That well, stuff. he certainly isn't blocking. I th- <laughs> <He's>, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's he true. never blocks. He, he never um, blocks. But like, but but yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like they're gonna they're definitely gonna feel Mark Andrews, uh, you know, his absence. I think like now they're gonna rely. It's like Zay Flowers is their number one receiving option now, and he's a rookie. So yeah. you know that's just you know they're gonna feel it. But I still think their defense is good enough and their run game is good enough to win the division. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, Kenny Prickett deserves some props as well. I remember being really bullish on him preseason. I think I took his season over on yards. I haven't checked in to see how he's doing on that. But um, yeah, I mean, Pickett Pickett just gets it done. Um, Some plays look really, really ugly. Um, But what he 
what you do see is potential and you see growth and you see Mm -hmm. a leader on the field. Unlike someone like Mac Jones, who Mac Jones has not taken a step forward. At least Kenny Pickett, he he has that leadership. I don't know. It's, it really does feel like he's in control of that offense. And then um, you, and then you got playmakers, you got Calvin Austin rips off a touchdown every here and there. Uh, Pickens, of course, Deontay Johnson coming back. He finally scored a touchdown for the first time in a week and a half last week. That was like a a year and a half, a year and a half. Yeah. A year and a half. Cause he was hurt for like a lot of last year and stuff too, but yeah, yeah. he hadn't scored a touchdown since September of 2021. And now all of a sudden. Yeah, last year I, I remember hearing he set the record for most targets without a touchdown. Without a touchdown, yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, so Deontay Johnson, good in the short game. You got Pat Fryermuth coming back. Uh, Allen Robinson to boot. You got Najee, who is finally starting to get into gear. Jalen uh, Warren's the- gonna Jalen Warren's gonna take over for him eventually. Like it's just, it's just oh, J- at this point. Yeah, Jalen Warren's got the juice, but I'm just saying, like Najee just he looked like he was running through mud the first half of the season. And then the last couple of weeks, you see him break off some, some chunk plays. He scored a touchdown in like three out of four weeks now, um, or three in a row, something like that. So he's scoring Jalen Warren obviously has the juice. And I think next year for sure, I think he'll be the lead back if they don't draft someone else. I think Najee will still be the majority to ride out this season just for mm-hmm. uh, the stability, the leadership, you know, he, he is a veteran kind of now. Um, and, uh, and, and yeah, and then the defense is lights out. So what it's going to come down to for me is the Steelers and Browns are going to be fighting for a playoff spot. And these two defenses are insane. You got miles Garrett and TJ Watt battling it out for defensive player of the year. And both of these teams are going to be successful through their defenses. Their defenses limiting points, and these are defenses that can score points. Uh, Steelers are my yeah, fantasy yeah. defense in one league. They yeah. they put up points. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they not get the cow- they're not the Cowboys, but they're they're pretty good. They're, they're pretty yeah, good. that well, yeah, that is true. Five, uh, but the Cowboys have five defensive touchdowns this year, so yeah, that's crazy. Um, but yeah, the Steelers are getting turnovers. They're getting sacks, so they are still very much in it. Um, and and this week you have the Steelers versus Browns matchup, and I really think that that the winner of that game is going to kind of be set up to just have a, have a record that can carry you and you don't have an uphill battle. Like, you know, someone's going to be seven and three coming out of that game. I think the Browns would be six and four, uh, something like that. In no, any case, be, they're six and three now, like both teams are, are six and three, both teams are okay. six and three. Yeah. So yeah, you look at one team being seven and three and then just in the AFC that, that just gives you such an edge over teams like mm-hmm. the chargers, the Browns that are going to be fighting for that last spot or one of those middle spots. Um, the bills. Yeah. Um, so no, the St- Steelers, uh, have to win this game. The, 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 the Browns have to win this game. Um, especially without having their leadership quarterback, the Steelers should win this game. I think it's in Pittsburgh. So hopefully they take it. I am rooting for the pit, the Steelers. And another thing I want to talk about real quickly, uh, is the Steelers remaining schedule their, their remaining schedule. I don't know if I saved the image of it, uh, that I saw on social media. Uh, it doesn't look like I did, but their remaining schedule includes obviously Dorian Thompson Robinson. They play Jake Browning, or I assume he's going to start. Yeah, the twice Bengals now. Because, yeah, twice now because Burrow. Yeah, Browning yeah. twice. They get Gardner Minshew, which you know, all right, you know, I'm, I'm a Colts fan. I think Gardner Minshew is doing a great job, but he's not. 
He's oh shit! Yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking at it right now. They get the they get the Patriots. Who who knows if Mac Jones is even going to be starting? Yeah, Macker's app, and then and then Gardner Minshew, and, and you know I recognize his limitations. I think the Steelers' defense is going to eat up Minshew. So yeah, when you look at their remaining schedule, they are just kind of destined to ride this out, and uh, and it's magical. Uh, they could even win the division when you look at the games that they like it, just their schedule. I, I don't know where they have losses. They're only going to lose if they beat themselves or if they don't produce some offense entirely. Uh, whereas the Ravens uh, are, are going to have a little more challenge. So um, yeah, it's just, it's just absolute mayhem how that broke out where you had four of the best teams in the AFC. And now it's just in complete disarray. I but, would like uh, to give you, oh, wait, before we, before we move on, I would like to give you credit. There was definitely a bad pun there with Minshew's name. You could have been like, they're going to chew him up and spit him out or something like that. And you didn't make the bad pun. So credit to you. Oh, oh <laughs> yeah. Cause you. I was so, I was so serious about the fact that they are going to chew. Like I didn't even yeah. put that connection. Cause I was just experiencing I was just in my mind. I was just waiting for you to make like a really bad joke and me to just cringe at it, but you didn't do that. So great. No. Job. So good on you. No, it, it is not a laughing matter that Gardner Minshew is going to uh, be a different man after facing the Steelers defense. Um, but speaking of laughing matters, yeah. let's move on to the, to the trades. Oh yes. All right. Good, good segue. Uh, so, and also speaking of Watson, um, what we wanted to do, we were looking for some fun things that we could dig up and getting into, uh, you know, Watson's injury and how he's out for the season. I, I pointed out how he's going to make $90 million having played 11 games in two years, which is insane. And I, I proposed to the guys that he needs that Deshaun... to fight the legal battles, you know, like he needs that money <laughs> to fight the legal battles, you know, apparently, apparently no, he, he gave out chunk chains. Uh, he, he should have been on the hook for more, but anyways, uh, I pointed out that I thought that the Deshaun Watson trade might be one of the worst trades in recent memory. And then, you know, and then we got to thinking, of course, uh, our boy JP's Seahawks fan. And he's like, nah, Seahawks fleeced the Broncos for Russell Wilson and then also thinking about the Trey Lance trade, which we've mocked previously. And then now this year we had a new trade with uh, the Panthers and the Bears for the Panthers to get the number one overall pick. So looking at these four, these are kind of the four most significant seismic trades. Um, I, I guess you could throw the Rams for Matt Stafford, but that's that's pretty much working out, right? The Rams got their Super Bowl. And yeah, the and, then Christian, and get... then the Christian McCaffrey trade obviously is working out. Too, for, oh for yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that's working out for for both sides. You know, the Panthers have gotten plenty of filler pieces, but I was going to say that with the Lions and Rams, you know, Golf could lead the Lions to a Super Bowl. Matt Stafford did, so those trades are fine. But these these four trades, Bryce Young, that re- resulted in Bryce Young, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, and Trey Lance, have had the most investment, multiple first round picks, uh, multiple picks entirely, players involved. So we're going to break down these trades to determine which is the worst trade in at least the last century, probably. Um, so, Stevan, I've been talking for a while. Why don't you kick us off? Okay. It, it, obviously, excluding the Herschel Walker trade, that's obviously the number one answer for like NFL history. Like, you know, the <laughs> Cowboys built a dynasty on the Minnesota Vikings heads, basically. But anyways, I am going to go with if I, if we're picking between these trades, I'm going to go with the Russell Wilson trade. Uh, you know, in the spirit of my man JP, of our guy JP, you know, get well soon, brother. But um, I think that you know some of these trades, like for example, the 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 um the Panthers trade with the, with the Bears, we haven't seen the implications of the trade yet. 
So even though it looks like lopsided in favor of the Bears, the Bears could still fuck it all up and take the wrong draft picks, which they have a history of doing. So if it, if it doesn't benefit them, then it really doesn't look that bad. From the, It doesn't really look as good for them in terms of it being lopsided. So we're going to kind of table that one, at least for me, like I'm going to table that one and see how the Bears do with those picks. Let me with let res- me interrupt right there just to just to pin the note on the Bears making terrible draft picks. Um, they got one of they got one of their first picks uh, this past year. They had you know they flipped with the Panthers. They were at nine, and instead of picking Jalen Carter at number yeah, nine, yeah. which would have been the biggest blue chipper you could get, exactly, they exactly. traded back, allowed the Eagles to get Jalen Carter, and they took a guy named Darnell Wright. Now I don't know his PFF grade. Which, by the I don't way, if you're the, if you're the if you're the Bears GM. And you and the Eagles call you and are like, we want to trade one pickup to take, you know, some to take somebody or whatever. You have to know that like that's a player that's like good, right? Like you know what I'm saying? Like the yeah. Eagles would yeah. not be trading with you if they didn't know that like Jalen Carter was good. So even if you're like, oh, Jalen Carter off the field stuff, yada yada yada. Even if you even if you didn't think that or whatever, the fact that the Eagles are even calling you right now should suggest that you should probably take Jalen Carter before they do. So yeah. there you go. So there you go. But anyways. Yeah, so they pick they pick a lineman named Darnell Wright, who I, I haven't seen his production. I don't know if he's good, but that right there is just a huge whiff on its own. Okay. They'll have another 2024 first rounder and a 2025 second rounder. Uh, they'll be good picks because the Panthers suck. I mean, we've joked about how they could have the number one and number two overall pick because the Bears and Panthers are so bad, but are they going to use it right now? It could be Caleb Williams, which would be, you know, another blue chip piece, Yeah, but they could, you know, say, fuck it, go Drake may and, and, or trade back again and believe in fields again. You don't know what the bears. And that's why I think we should table that one in terms of like, it's effective. Although, you know, no secret that I don't think Bryce young has any potential really, but that's a subject for another day with the rust trade. The thing about the rust trade is you traded your franchise quarterback in Russell Wilson to another team, okay? And that team ends up giving you a top five pick the very next season. So it'd be one thing if like three years from now they suck and they don't win a Super Bowl, right? They make the playoffs a couple times, they, you know, flop in the playoffs or whatever. And then, you know, three years later, they give you a draft pick. That's what Literally the next year, <laughs> they gave you yeah. a top five. They were, they were four and 12, four and 13, whatever. I know it's 17 games now. And then they gave you a top five pick, which you then used on Devon Witherspoon, who I think is going to be a very a star in this league. You know, if he keeps up what he's what he's keeping up, him and Tariq Woolen are going to be one hell of a hell of a duo. So the fact that it's like already flipped on, like it immediately is in favor. And then the Seahawks made the playoffs, so there, so there you go. And they're six and three right now, and they're looking like they they have a chance to win the uh, like the division with the Niners. Although we all think the Niners are probably going to win that division, but like they have a chance, they have the same record. So the fact that it's so lopsided so early and we haven't even gotten to some of the other assets that they got from the from the team or whatever, I think that that is a pretty good indication that this is the worst trade that we've seen in a long time. And that's that's what I'm going. Yeah, so let's go through those other assets. Uh, the Broncos got, of course, Russell Wilson. Um, and I couldn't track down who they used this pick on, but they got a 2022 fourth rounder. Not probably very good. Um, and then the Seahawks got Noah Fant, who has been a consistent starting tight end for them. Drew Locke, who we haven't seen. JP seems very excited to see what Drew Locke can yeah, he do. He looked great in the preseason. I think if Geno got hurt, they would be like 80% of what they are probably because they're not like a super like high-flying offense anyways. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I'm super excited to see what Drew Locke is at 30 when he's a grown man child and finally gets a chance to play again. <laughs> but, you know, we'll see what happens there. Uh, you got Shelby Harris, who is a consistent defensive piece. Uh, Derek Hall, uh, edge rusher, I'm not really sure how good he has been. Uh, Charles Cross, Boye Mafe, I hope I'm saying that right. Tyreek Smith. Those are, I, I mean, not notable. And then, of course, Devon Witherspoon is the big splash with the fifth well, round. Well, you mentioned them not being notable. Pick. It is notable that the Seahawks defense is very good this year. So, right. obviously, if these guys are starting and for that defense or whatever, like, obviously, they're good enough to be. Like, I think there was a stretch where for, like, three or four straight games, they didn't give up a second-half touchdown. Like, they are a very, very good defense. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. Even though we don't know their names, like they're obviously playing pretty well. I mean, I'm assuming that they're like they're starting or something like that. You know, I'm assuming that they're starting for the for the yeah. So yeah, like I mean, even though you don't really, they're not like Pro Bowlers or anything. It works for them. So like they've gotten pieces that you know work for their particular team. Yeah, and then the reason also this is so lopsided is, like you mentioned, the Seahawks made the playoffs last year already losing their franchise quarterback, Yeah, and then they picked up Devon Witherspoon, and then they're going to make the playoffs this year probably. The Broncos might not still even make the playoffs. They have been turning it around the last three, four weeks. Yeah, I mean, the last three or four weeks, they have looked really good. They've gotten some gutsy wins. Russell Wilson is actually playing pretty solidly, a lot better than last year. But they also had to go and spend extra money in trade assets to go get Sean Payton <laughs> yeah. uh, to have a, a competent exactly. coach to, to coach Russell Wilson. So <laughs> the in- level of event investment that the Broncos have made, not only the contract to Russ, but getting Sean Payton, um, and if they still don't make the playoffs this year, it's not going to get any easier for them. And even if you they know, make the playoffs, like it still doesn't even justify nearly what you gave up to get to get Russell Wilson. So like absolutely. they can make the playoffs, get bounced in the first round by Kansas City or something, and then yeah, that, that, that's it. So like I think that trade is pretty much like we've seen the implications of it, and it is very very lopsided in favor of Seattle. And let's measure it up against the last. We already talked about the Panthers and Bears. I, I mean, I think we have solidarity there. We have to table it because even though Bryce Young is not looking great, the Bears also are not looking great. And and DJ Moore is is a perfectly fine. I mean, that might make it the winner just on its face. Exactly, but we have to see what they do with the draft picks. Is what I'm saying. They could they could, they could yeah. screw it up. You know, we we don't know. Yeah, I mean, if if the 2024 first rounder, if they end up do taking Caleb Williams. I think it makes it his home run, though there is questions about Caleb Williams actually being able to win because he is not winning in USC, but that is their defense also screwing yeah, them exactly, over. Exactly. So, uh, so yeah, the Bears could, I mean, we could revisit this in a year or two and, and this could be by far and away the Bears. Uh, but we'll also talk about who I think is, takes the cake here, and that is the Deshaun Watson trade as the worst trade of recent memory. The Browns, received Deshaun Watson. I don't think they got any ancillary picks. I think it was just Deshaun Watson. Then they gave Deshaun Watson in the, after having not played football for a year, a full year, he sat, they gave him, they traded for him. And then they gave him a $230 million, five year, fully guaranteed contract. The first fully guaranteed contract of that magnitude. And luckily for 
uh, franchises the last. There hasn't been somebody who's matched that yet. Yeah, I don't think anybody's uh, at two hundred million in guarantee. Maburo might be like slightly over that, but that was by far in a way the most guaranteed. Money yeah, I've ever seen and and then fully guaranteed. So yeah. and here here's why I think that this makes the the Browns trade worse than the Broncos trade is even if we look at the Seahawks are good, whatever the Texans are good right now. The Texans are probably going to make the playoffs, and the Browns might not. So we might have that same dynamic here but what the broncos have is in a weird way flexibility because they could move off of russell wilson sooner than the browns can move off of deshaun watson yeah, i agree with that yeah that's for so sure. so that's a huge i know where you were going with that but then but, but then you got there i'm like okay yeah the, obviously yeah. the most immovable contract in sports right now is like you know nobody is taking that yeah. contract for them and they have to pay it out in full they will not move off of him. He will be there another three years at least. Yeah. And he's not going to get better. He is, he's, I mean, you, he plays with no energy. He he doesn't even look like he cares. At least Russell Wilson is still That's passionate true. about the game. Yeah. Sean Watson doesn't even look like he cares about playing He's football. like the Anthony Davis of the NFL. <laughs> That's a perfect comp. Yeah. That is a perfect comp. Way overpaid and lackluster and just, uh, uh, yeah, uh, no, no passion. Um, and then on the other side of this, the Texans got several draft picks, um, including Kenyon Green, who I really, I, I don't know him. I, I'm, I apologize, I wasn't familiar with your game, Kenyon Green, okay. but he is who he is. They got Will Anderson, who hasn't fully blossomed like they could he, have hoped. He's not Jalen Carter. That, that's the, that's going to yes. be Will Anderson's legacy, pretty much. It's like. He could be good. He could be whatever. He he's not Jalen Carter, and they should have taken. Jalen. So they like, should that's have taken. Just, yeah. If the Texans had Jalen Carter right now, oh yeah, they, they would. They would be. They would be. Nasty. We like, we would real. talk about them winning the division. They would beat the Jaguars because yeah. they've they've they beaten would. the Jaguars once already. So like you know who knows yeah. what will happen in that game. I, I think the Jaguars will probably get it. What a shame. Uh, but they, so they do have Willie Anderson, who is going to probably be a consistent at least piece in their defense. They got Damian Pierce, starting running back, a a tackle breaker, and an amazing dynamic player. Tank Dell, who has been a sensational rookie playmaker. Then the Texans also still have a first rounder next year. Which now that the Browns, you know, lost to Sean Watson, I mean, they'll probably have a middle of the pack first rounder. So that's going to yeah, have yeah, decent exactly. value. And then also a fourth rounder next year, which, you know, is, is whatever. But I mean, when we already look at what the Texans got in, you know, three starting like Damian Pierce and Tank Dell are absolutely contributing to the offense right now. Willie Anderson is contributing to the defense right now. They got rid of somebody who clearly didn't want to be there, the, the cancer that that was causing. And they didn't have to pay him that much money. So this one really, really, uh, it just seems a, a, like a, a terribly balanced deal. I, I struggle to see what the Browns even benefit at all from this. I um, I agree with you on like everything you said about the trade and everything. But my only pushback, well, well two, the, the obvious one is like the Browns are still good. So like, it's not like a situation where with the Broncos were like, there's really no hope of them like really doing anything with it. Like the Browns are still good. And I could see a scenario where Deshaun Watson comes back next year. They become a run first team that just passes on third down or whatever. And Deshaun Watson game manages his way to like 12 wins or something like that. So like the Browns are still built to semi contend and, you know, Stefanski's a really good coach. So but that's we'll no thanks to whatever. Deshaun Watson. No, no, no I, I get it. Just let me finish what I'm saying. 
So the obvious answer is like the Browns are still good. So like it doesn't really hurt them as much. But like the another thing is like, and I mentioned this before the, before the show, and I know that this is an implication, but like the trade did not force the Browns management to give Deshaun Watson that contract. Like when they traded for him, he still had one year left on his deal and they could have just done like a trial period or something like that. But no, they decided to give him the contract when they traded for him or whatever. So that's not necessarily uh, an implication on the trade. It's just an implication on the Browns management, you know, being being stupid and not. And not yeah, I, so, we, we can go back and forth on that. I, yeah. I think I think it is a direct implication. It's direct effect, like all these players being picked. And maybe um, he said like I wouldn't play unless I got like a long term deal. Or something. I don't know. If I'm was, sure like, he wasn't going to agree to a trade but, unless he got a, a deal as part of it. Yeah. So there's that. But you know the Browns are set up to win, and that that's what makes this even worse. Like the Broncos probably wouldn't even win without Russell Wilson, but the Browns are winning games with uh, with PJ Walker instead of Deshaun Watson. That defense is outstanding. If you had Will Anderson, now Will Anderson probably wouldn't even start on that defense, but he would be a solid piece, or they probably would have been smart, the Browns, and pick Jalen Carter. And if you put Jalen Carter on the Browns defense right now, you're not scoring points at all. And then you also, if they had like if they had Damian Pierce, who is yeah, they draft I mean, exceptionally well. The Browns do like the, the Browns do draft exceptionally right. Well. So, so we could like, assume that's... that they wouldn't have made that mistake. Yeah. Um, and then let's assume that they have Damian Pierce would have been a perfect filler for Nick Chubb after losing him. Yeah. I mean that that physical run style, and then their receiving core is not that great. So having Tank Dell as a playmaker would have been great. I mean PJ Walker could throw a screen to Tank Dell and have to do nothing else. So I, I mean. Uh, yeah, I spent a lot of time on that, but that that one seems out, outrageous to me. Um, and then the one that neither of us picked, and, and JP wasn't going to pick it either, so it's kind of looming out there. We mock it a lot because the Niners just made a huge whiff. They swung for the fences and struck out massively. Yeah. But what the saving grace is in the Trey Lance trade is that they got Brock Purdy ultimately. So, Essentially. And another thing is like, yeah. you know, I don't blame the Niners as much as much for making that trade. Cause like you can argue, there are certain teams that like are just like, you can argue, like I've said this before with the Kyler Murray contracts, like when it happened, it's like, would I make the deal? No. But if you're the Arizona Cardinals, you've arguably never had a franchise quarterback. And this is the closest you've ever been to having one. Kurt Warner was like on his last leg or whatever. So he right, like, right. And then they got Carson Palmer when he was old. So like, I know they won, but like, it wasn't, it wasn't like a franchise guy that could be your quarterback for the next 10 years. So when they made that, and you could say the same with, with, with Cleveland, like Cleveland, you know, since coming back, you know, to click, cause you know, they were, they, they, they went to Baltimore and then the league gave them their team back or whatever. Since 99, they arguably have never had a franchise quarterback. They, they drafted Baker Mayfield. He won a playoff game, whatever. But so, you teams like that take more chances on like a quarterback and are willing to do more to get a franchise quarterback. And the Niners were in that position. Like they have, they had mm. gone so long without like since Steve Young, you know, pretty much they had gone so long without having a guy that's a franchise quarterback. So I can understand them thinking that they had that guy in Trey Lance and wanting to go all in for him. So like, I don't blame them as much for that. As I would, you know, like the Broncos who, you know, didn't necessarily, the quarterback wasn't necessarily their only problem. They traded for Russell Wilson. So, so you begin what I'm saying, like, you know, certain teams just like for certain teams, I understand, I I don't agree with it, but I understand it. 
Yeah, and I'd put Browns in that category with, uh, you know, I think it was a mistake like the Broncos, right? Like Watson hadn't played in a year, yeah, yeah. and you made this huge swing. But when you're for, so starved for franchise quarterbacks, you make mistakes like that, and that's that's just historically what happens. So, but the the Niners at least took a like a prospective chance on a franchise. Like the, the Browns took a chance on a guy who hadn't played football in a year and might yeah, have gone yeah. to jail for a long time, right? So it's like, it, <laughs> yeah, it, that's it's, another thing. They gave him the, they gave him the contract, which essentially kind of allowed him to settle for with all those women kind of in a way yeah. so like yeah. once i mean he didn't get the money up front but like he's probably got you know 30 million dollars in the bank somewhere and he just like okay yeah go ahead have it i got i got 90 something million coming in the next couple right years, so whatever yeah and, and just to round out you know for the sake of it the niners traded with the dolphins to get that third overall pick i think it was for trey land third or fourth overall and they gave the dolphins picks that turned into because these weren't direct draft picks all these obviously as you'll hear but in trades they were able to use these assets so the dolphins in essence for their pick that they traded to the Niners that became Trey Lance, which Trey Lance became a third round pick for the Niners. So the Niners received yeah, a third round pick. Yeah. The Dolphins received Jalen Waddle, Tyree Kill, Bradley Chubb, Channing Tindall, I don't know as familiar with, and then a 2025 fifth round pick, which might not be much, but Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill. Uh, you know, enough. And, sense, the, so. <laughs> and, and there was another pick they traded that in that trade that ended up being Micah Parsons. Like it was moved around a bunch and then Dallas ended up taking him with that pick too. Oh, I, I see what you're, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I see what you're saying. So um, Micah Parsons, so imagine Micah Parsons and Nick Bosa on the same defense, bro. Like that would be like, forget quarter, forget the quarterback. Like teams aren't going right. to score anyway. And part of what we have to do here is is who the Niners have picked. And the Niners wouldn't yeah. necessarily have gotten Tyreek Hill. Yeah. But the Niners could have just picked Micah Parsons, yeah. which would have been dramatically yeah, different. Exactly. Um, what Trey Lance also has, or what this deal has that makes it not as the worst, not as bad. Not as bad, yeah. That's <laughs> is, is that nobody from this draft class, uh, quarterback-wise, has been good. Uh, you got Justin Fields and you got Mac Jones. Uh, Justin Fields, well, probably Trevor the Lawrence, best. But they weren't going to get him anyway. <laughs> Yeah, so that, yeah, yeah. Trevor Lawrence, number one. They were going to get so, Trevor Lawrence anyway. Yeah. Mac Jones has been a bust, and then Zach Justin Wilson, Fields. Yeah, Justin Fields, Fields Wilson, could still pan yeah. out. Um. So yeah, so it's not like quarterback wise they could have picked better. Uh. What and that that's a strike against the Panthers in that trade is right now it looks like that C.J. Stroud would have been the right pick exactly, instead of Bryce yeah. Young. Um. And then also, I think I just do think we view this trade entirely different if the Niners don't have Brock Purdy right now. If the exactly. Niners don't yeah. have Brock Purdy right now and are starting, and they're starting Sam, Sam Darnold. Darnold. And they're starting Sam Darnold. Yeah, you're, you, you think that it's the worst trade. And yeah. So they had the luckiest, and it really is Mr. Irrelevant, the last pick of the draft, the luckiest pick um, that saved, uh, uh, what's his name? John Lynch's job. Got him and an Kyle extension. Shanahan too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, that's that. Uh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put a poll up on X, uh, to get some listeners, passerbys on, on X and, and get some votes in on what people think is the worst, the worst trade. trade yeah. Uh, but yeah, we deep dive into that. Uh, hope you had some fun with that. And so now we'll close out looking forward to week 12 or week 11. One more time. We have the Super Bowl rematch on Monday night football. The, uh, uh, Kelsey family reunion, as they have called it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Taylor Swift will be in attendance. Taylor <laughs> Swift and Travis Kelsey's parents are going to meet each other for the first time. Yeah, that's kind of how that's cute. Kinda 
How cute. Yeah. I don't want to talk about relationships or anything, but like this is it, this has implications. Like when she shows up, like you know, they play better. So like Travis Kelsey has, kinda... has played twice as well. Like he is a diff- he is exactly. a different Although caliber player. Although she was in Germany and he didn't personally play well, but the Chiefs still won. But it, it's yeah, like it, it's definitely a thing, you know. I w- I wonder who who is going to be shown more betting odds wise. Taylor Swift or Mama Kelsey? Who's getting more screen time? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, fantasy um, <laughs> fantasy trackers need to be tracking Taylor Swift. Like, if Taylor Swift's ruled out, don't start. You know, any of the Chiefs. Like, you know, whatever. You know. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, and then I guess we'll get to the football. Then um, yeah, okay. there well, is a game here. Uh, so we got Chiefs and Eagles, and th- this is going to be a great game. Um, both teams are healthy right now. Both teams coming off of a bye. They well, have spent. Two weeks preparing for this game. That's awesome. That is so awesome. We're gonna get them truly at their best, and I, I'm just, I'm just so excited. It's almost like the Super Bowl because you have those weeks to prepare for this. Exactly. So and like to be honest, much. if you were, and to be hmm. honest, if you were picking today, this would probably be the Super Bowl again. Like you know, if you were picking today, that would probably be your your picks pretty much. Yeah. But, like, I mean, but I think if the Eagles lose, though, I, I think the Cowboys could catch them. The Cowboys would have to beat them their next yeah, game. Yeah, they have to beat them in the divisional game. The, the one thing I'll – to start my analysis, I'll say this. If we, you have to talk – if you think about, like, who needs this game more, obviously the Chiefs need the game more. Like, you know, they, they've they um, – they're only really? one game ahead of the standings or whatever. You know, like, their offense hasn't been too, too good, and then their schedule gets tougher down the stretch. The Eagles are kind of the opposite. They've been playing – they're 8-1. and one, They're kind of towering above, you know, both the division and, like, you know, who they're like the NFC in general. Um, they had one inexplicable loss to the Jets, and really they've they've kicked everybody's ass since then. So like if you break it down to like who needs the game more and who's incentivized to win more, it's going to be also Kansas City's at home. So like that just in, in, invariably puts them there. Dallas Goddard is you mentioned injuries. Dallas Goddard's not going to play. He's 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 hurt. So like that's going to affect. Oh, okay, know, so that's gonna one health issue. Game. It's going to affect the passing <laughs> game a little bit. Although their run game works pretty much anywhere they go because of that offensive line and Jason Kelsey. I think that to me, I think the Eagles are going to win. A because like they're still kind of stung by the Super Bowl loss a little bit and they want to go yeah. in there and whatever. But B, it's like I think that. They've been kind of toiling in it's it's crazy as it sounds. They've been kind of toiling in obscurity all year. Like nobody's <laughs> really talking about the fact that the Eagles are eight and one and they're the best team in the in football. They're like, oh, we'll wait until they are play they a real team. One? They're eight and one, yeah. Wow. So it's like, oh, wait <laughs> until they play a real team. Oh, it's easy to beat up on Washington and you know, they beat Dallas because Dallas, you know, like makes mistakes or whatever. I think that this is the game that would put everybody like get everybody talking about the Eagles as like, you know, that team again. Yeah. So I think that they have, they don't necessarily have the motivation of like, because if they lose the game, they're eight and two, who cares? Like, you know, saying like, you know, like they're, they're fine. But I think the extra motivation of the Super Bowl loss and the fact that like this could be a signature win for them in a season that they really haven't had one. And that's why I think the Eagles are going to win. If Jalen Hurts, go ahead. Yeah. That, and if you look at the things like the Chiefs offense is like, kind of broken in the sense that like the receiving core is just awful and uh, and i think that there this is the game that it's going to hurt them the most because the eagles defense is outstanding and they're able to they've you know held down they they held miami to 17 points you know like hill and waddle you know like weren't able to do much against them 
So you think like Sky Moore and Kadarius Tony, and I like Rasheed Rice, but he's a rookie. You know, like he still needs. I like Rasheed Rice. I, I, a lot. I really like Rasheed Rice. Like he's a great guy in the middle of the field. You know, like those crossing routes and whatnot. But like he's still a rookie, so like he's not gonna like be a game breaker for you. So I think this is the first game that it's like really besides you know Monday besides them losing to Detroit, which like you know Kelsey didn't play. This is the first game it's really going to hurt them. Like, their receivers are not going to be able to get open. Mahomes is going to be back there, and the Eagles have a good enough pass rush to be able to put pressure on LA. So, yeah, I just I don't really see how – obviously, they could prove, go, out, go out there, and with Mahomes, you're never out of a game. But, yeah, I just – I think the Eagles – this is – I would not be surprised if the Eagles just thumped them on Monday Night Football. I, I'm, I'm, I'm serious about that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I agree. I, I solidarity with a lot of what you're saying here. Um, and the I, Chiefs I just, are favorites. I don't know how <laughs> the Chiefs are favorites. I have no. Oh, idea. I'll probably, probably sprinkle on the Eagles. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think the winner of this game takes a dramatic surge in MVP race. Because if you think about, you know, when you said signature win, that kind of prompted me. If well, Jalen Hurts plays like he played in the Super Bowl, which was fantastic. Oh, yeah. If he, he goes he, up. They didn't lose because of him. They, they, did not, right. they did not lose because of him. He, he did have that one turn Except the fumble. The fumble six. Except the yeah. fumble. Yeah, but he just lost control of the ball, and he didn't even know that the ball wasn't loose until, like, the guy was running the other way with it. Yeah. But so yeah, if he what... plays like he played there and beats the Chiefs and they're 9-1, and one, you got to assume that they're going to, you know, ultimately finish with two or th- maybe three losses. I think, you know, talk about signature win. We talk about that with Heisman candidates, right? Like, what is their signature moment, the Heisman moment? This could be Jalen Hurts' MVP moment on Monday night. Prime time, on the road, avenges the Super Bowl loss, and let's assume that he scores multiple touchdowns. I mean, it really could be. And then on the other side, Patrick Mahomes, I mean, he's the favorite for the MVP already right now. And largely it's because his best argument is he's playing with practice squad wide receivers and he's winning games. So if he if he wins this game, if he beats the best team in football, no thanks to his weapons. Uh, Pacheco isn't going to get anywhere on the ground because you can't run on the Eagles. If the Chiefs win this game, it will be sheerly because of Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey on obviously obviously but, yeah but, but Travis Kelsey my, isn't going to win the MVP so this is going to reflect on Patrick Mahomes if they win my thing with the Mahomes MVP thing is like you you and JP talked about this at length in the in, in the chat you know a week ago or something like that it, it's not that I don't give Mahomes credit for winning these games it's just that like you'd essentially be giving him an MVP another MVP a back-to-back MVP for playing significantly worse so like last year he was he like the Chiefs had the number one offense they 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 scored the most points and they, they scored the most points and he had the most yards per attempt I think maybe Josh Allen had like slightly more whatever the the Chiefs offense this year has been awful that includes Mahomes actually because he really like the the Chiefs are eleventh in points like the the passing yards are down the touchdowns are down and again it's like we don't think that that's necessarily his fault like if you got him better receivers he would do better. But, like, you'd essentially be awarding Mahomes an MVP for playing significantly worse. And I don't think the voters are going to do that. So I don't think this game, even if the Chiefs win, will vault Mahomes over Hurts. Hurts, I think, the numbers are starting to get there. Like, he's starting to develop that connection with Brown. He's starting to, the turnovers are a bit of a problem. But, like, you know, Mahomes had three interceptions against the Broncos, too. So, like, you know, turnovers are kind of a moot point at this point. So yeah, I, I don't I don't mean to get into an MVP discussion, but like I really don't think Mahomes has any chance of winning MVP because of like it, it's the body of work, like the whole picture of it. You'd essentially be giving him an, an MVP for like seventy percent of the production he had last year. So like I, I don't think that's 
That yeah. that is an interesting argument, and I totally see where you're coming from, and and, and I, I think it's totally valid. Again, not his fault necessarily, but like right, it is what it is. The one thing I will say is that your the perspective that you're taking with the MVP is kind of comparing the player against themselves. And I think I think I view MVP as comparing the player against the field. It's the most valuable player that year, not like your most valuable year in well, your yeah, career. Well, yeah, obviously Mahomes is still the best quarterback despite the, the struggles offensively and everything like that. But like you do sort of compare them. Like if Mahomes won MVP last year, like 40 touchdowns, 5,000 yards, the whole thing. If he this year plays significantly worse than that, I as a voter, like, you know, we've set the standard, like that's MVP. And he also won MVP in 2018 when he had 50 touchdowns or whatever, but he's never, probably never going to do that again. But like, but yeah, like you're essentially saying that like rewarding him for playing worse. And like, I just, I, but, I but what, I, what I'm trying to point out is that like that, that is a, a point of view. That is a point of view. Your, your, your perspective is comparing the player against themselves rather against the field. His production this year could end up being the most valuable to their team, the best in the league compared to the field and, and it just so happens that offense i think as a whole is down this year and so if offense as a whole is down this year i mean you could say the same thing about Jalen. unless you're detroit or miami i mean I, I don't think i haven't looked at the numbers but i don't think Jalen hurts is putting up numbers like he did last year either so um rushing and, rushing and, no but like the passing is better actually like he, he's yards per attempt is okay, up. Yeah, he's getting more sense. the passing's better I just can't imagine that at the end of the year, if it's between Mahomes or Jalen Hurts, or yeah, Jalen Hurts, that you don't look at the head-to-head matchup in assessing who's the MVP. Like, how how can I give Jalen Hurts the MVP when he lost to Patrick Mahomes? If it comes down to them too, like I think that's going to be a tough argument. Um, yeah, you so. know, you always you always have those sports writers who like you know vow, who put like a whole lot of stock in that. But my my thing with Jalen Hurts too is like he could not necessarily play like shit. But, like, he could not have a good game and the Eagles still win. You know, so, like, that's yeah. not really a reason to, like, you know, like, vault him to the MVP. Like, if he has one touchdown and they win 17-7, to <laughs> then, like, what the fuck? You know, it's like the Chiefs offense well, didn't I, work. He's the not the most valuable player. If he plays like shit and they win regardless, that, by definition, makes him less valuable. But you just mentioned the win, like the head-to-head matchup or whatever. Like so, that, that's what oh, I was okay. saying. Yeah, yeah. But that, that's what I was saying against that. It's like if they win twenty to if they win twenty to seventeen, and Hertz only has one touchdown and two hundred and thirty yards and and whatever, then like that's not an MVP performance necessarily. So like that's why I don't like putting like a lot of stock on the result versus like you have to look at how they play. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, well, we originally had a talking about MVP uh, on the docket and we took it off because we thought it was going to take too long, but there's a mini discussion to put a bow on that. Get your bets in for CJ Stroud. Oh <laughs> CJ yeah. For Stroud sure. Just a brief, a just a brief commentary value. on that. I, as you all know, big Ohio state fan, love CJ Stroud, support everything he's doing. He's doing great. I'm proud of him. He's not going to win. It. I'm sorry. It's just yeah, like, no, I, yeah, I know he's not going to win MVP. He is eventually not only are they not going to give it to him probably because the Texans aren't contenders, right? Like they're not whatever. Not only are they not going to give it to him, he's going to hit the wall at some point. And like, that's just what all rookies go through. Now, if he doesn't and like the Texans, to me, it would take the Texans winning the division for him to actually be considered for it. Yeah. Which is a possibility, which, which but, like, I don't, but I don't see it. Like, I, I, and this isn't even a reverse jigs thing. Like I'm being realistic here. Like there, there's, there's no way. I, I could see 
I would 100 percent agree with you. I just think because we we've only what I, I looked it up. Jim Brown is the only rookie to win MVP in NFL history, yeah. or at least he's the last one to do well, it's it. It's not necessarily about him being ago. a rookie. It's just about him, you know. Oh, just I think like, it is. It's sort of, but like if he wins the, let's say the Texans win out, of course he's going to win MVP. So like, you know what I'm saying? Like, but but like we have to be realistic and say like, you know, the wall is coming. He's going to have some mistakes in big spots or whatever. He had one against the Bengals, but like, you know, Tyler Boyd dropped the ball and kind of erased that. So like, you know, he kind of got bailed out there. But yeah, it just. I think there could be a narrative argument in his favor though, of he's playing this good as a rookie and the Texans literally were the second worst team last year. And now they, if they win the division, that turnaround directly, you know, influenced by him uh, at, at the, uh, I don't know, at the very least his odds are interesting. JP put a yeah. wager in on it. I thought he was oh, crazy yeah, I'd at put first. A, I put a sprinkle on it too. Cause like it, it, the more he wins, the more that line's going to go up and like, who knows, like, you know, Hertz could get hurt again. And like, cause like he would have won MVP last year if he didn't get hurt. So like, yeah. you know, that, because like he was like, what, like 13 and one as a starter, they would have probably beaten Dallas again, like whatever. So like Hertz could get hurt or, you know, Mahomes could turn an ankle or something. So like, obviously it's good to put that bet in like while it's still hot, I guess you could say, but realistically speaking, I love CJ Stroud to death. It's not. Gonna happen. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, so, solidarity there, but uh, the crazier things have happened in, in the world of the NFL. And I will be um, the first to be glad to be wrong. If like that actually does happen and be cheering on the show, like if it does happen, but like, I just don't. Oh see yeah. Well, that'll do it for today. Um, it felt great being back with y'all. Um, hopefully we'll get more consistent and uh, get, get, continue to get one out a week and I will be a part of that. So uh, yeah. it's good to be back. Solidarity squad. We'll hear from you next time. Peace.